0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the 110 Nation Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow me at CJ Sports1. You can follow the show at 110 Nation. You can follow my co-host, Ms. Jules, at JulesK24. She will be joining us shortly. Um, you can also, also follow our uh, social media guru, Ms. Karen, at Holly S42. Um, kind of want to go over a couple little quick things. We do have Williams just became a NBA um, agent last Monday slash Tuesday, somewhere in that ballpark figure.
0: Um, I remember
1: seeing it last week on Facebook. Um, he is going to be joining us. Also, Eric Grunyon will be joining us for MLB. Brandon will be jumping in. Um, he was hanging out in the uh, chat room before the show started. I was kind of surprised I got on here myself about 7.15 and Sports Show SS Edition. And, and what, what I mean by that is we are the Super Show. We are live on BTR as well as Spreecast right now. So you can either go to BlockTalkRadio.com and search us at that 110 Nation Sports Show, or you can uh, go to Spreecast.com, click on the live and upcoming, click on our icon for it says, um, the 110 Nation Show, or you can call in at 718 664 9861. If you just want to listen, don't hit nothing. If you want to actually get on the show, you press 1. We'll bring you on to the show. Any new listeners out there, I want to welcome you. Hopefully, this will be your new place and destination for sports talk and a little bit of fun uh, as well. Um, I I know uh, we uh, hit up the flyer, real flyery. Anyway, I made flyers. (laughs) And I know we've given out 400 of them today. Uh, We're giving out another 300 tomorrow, so we're definitely marketing the 110 Nation Sports Show. Um, Speaking of which, um, I wrote down the numbers for last month, but I can't remember off the top of my head where I put it. I know last month we had more views, listens
0: um,
1: on our show than the whole rest of the network that we're involved with on Saturdays and Sundays, the Go Radio Network. Um, all last month. So definitely excited about that. This month has started off on a high note as well. But I got to play with a little bit of the numbers when it comes to the sites, and, and I want to make sure I throw those sites out there. Um, in case you are new to, the, uh, new to the 110 Nation and what it's about, it's not only a radio show, it's not only the GMB Sports talk show, um, kind of the future of the 110 with the, the young talents of Gavin and, and Brandon, um, but it's also, we have the four shows um, on Saturday through Tuesday. But we also have a side side, a side that lets um, riders that ne- not, might not necessarily want to come on the air, but one way to express themselves, where I, also, where I originally started. Um, we, we have it for, right now, the, the five, I guess, five, six main sports, NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, uh, NASCAR, I might have this one. But um, I, I, I kinda, I'm kind of I'm kind of listing them off as I go, and I do want to throw out a couple good facts about um, the, the 110 Nation on the site side. And, and the reason I put this out is we have about five to eight new writers that have joined us. I'm hoping one of them might actually join us on the air tonight, or at least check us out in the chat room. Um, but we've had a bunch of people become interested in writing, so I kind of want to throw these things out there, things that caught my eyes. We've got com which actually had their second-best month since they actually went full-time. Um, they went full-time. They started in January. That site did, went full-time. Uh, in February, every month has pretty much gone up. This was the only the second-best month we had on NASCARrewind.com, but I'm not going to complain because it was barely, 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 less than, um,
0: uh
1: Barely less than what we had in our all-time month, which was the month before. Um, we got the hitters dot com. Definitely looking for riders over there. MLB, if you got MLB talent, uh, let me know. Um, you can either email me at Mr. CJ at Gmail. dot com or DM me at cjsports Sports One. I definitely get hooked up. I know we got a couple riders that have applied and are coming on on the uh, MLB side. So make sure if you're interested in your talented MLB riders, you know. Um, send me an email. I want to thank Christina Chambers. You can follow her at KChamber2121. The reason why it's fucking hockey had its number one month since we created it back in November of 2012. Um, very good numbers over there. Definitely excited to have Miss uh, Chambers over there. Um, Kings of the uh single handedly was done by uh, Jay Spearman, our senior feature writer over there. He comes on our show, of course, every Sunday night. He was wanting to come on tonight with the NBA agent stuff going on, but unfortunately he was stuck at work. Uh, last month we had in April we had our record high month for that uh, for that fight that was originated uh, at a born date of November of 2012. This month we more than doubled our previous all time high. Uh, Jay Spearman took this fight and, and just really ran with it. As a matter of fact, we had almost just as many hits. This month on Kings, the NBA.com than we did in our whole 110 Nation site side, um, last month. Um, just a few thousand less. Phenomenal things going over there. Um, we got CJSportsNFLblog.com. It's my opportunity to kind of express and be a little bit more opinionated. I will be starting this month getting back on the side I hadn't wrote nothing in a little while. So um, we're starting to get the writers to blow well back in, starting to into the NFL season. I got stuff that I'll be dropping on Let's Talk NFL. As long to, uh, as well as we got Scott, and we got Penny Goldman, and we got a whole bunch of other riders that are starting to make their way back. To now the NFL season um, is going on. Speaking of let's talk NFL, this actually was our best month since the NFL season has stopped. I mean, pretty much the first week of February was it. So since ch- January last month was the month of May was our next best month that we've had since the football season. So definitely excited. We're swinging things back that way. Um, and, and, of course, make sure you got to check out BeyondTheCombine.com, a, a very good uh, site that talks about the players that are getting ready to come in, their combine, their draft, so make sure you check them out as well. Uh, so definitely excited about all the things going on. we are bringing Brandon onto the show right now, uh, but definitely excited about all the things that's going on on the 110 uh, Nation Sports Show and the sites as well. Uh, Brandon, how are you doing tonight? I can't complain, can't complain. Um, Don't see Eric yet. I got a 508 code. I'm not exactly who that is. They just pressed once. We're going to bring them on. Um, Oh, that's in our mind. I know who that is. (laughs) Wow. There we go. Now you're live on BTR side as well. I got you. All right, um, Eric should be joining us shortly. Um, until then, let, let, let's talk about um, – let's talk about uh, – wow, I was going to say let's talk about Brandon. Let's talk about uh, Tim Tebow. I, I got to see the, the, the social media, for starting to work its magic, um, starting to ask Tim Tebow questions. I, I like how the fact that he kind of kept it short and sweet this time. And I like how Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick. One-word answers. You're not really getting. You're not letting. He's not letting the social not the social media, but the media get the best of the whole situation. Uh, I, I watched uh, most interviews. I'm, I've already answered that question twice. I've already answered that question third or three times. Short, one-worded answers. Really not letting the the media sweep him in. Do you think Bill Belichick and and Tim Tebow will be able to keep the strong front and and keep the media out of the new location and let them continue to play uh, football like they have in
2: the past? Yeah, I think bringing Tim Tebow did bring in a lot of media attention. Obviously, Bill Belichick knew that, and he's a smart man. He knows knows what he's doing pretty much. Uh, Even in his press conference, um, all the questions about Tim Tebow and Bill Belichick pretty much, uh, he kind of threw them away, pretty much saying uh, we're going to go with – what the team feels best. So, um, I really don't think it's going to affect the Patriots a lot. Tim Tebow knows his role. Uh, apparently he's going to be a quarterback. They're not going to move him around to a fullback or a tight end. as a lot of people speculated. Uh, he's going to get third string backing up Tom Brady and behind Ryan Mallett. So I think he'll be a good fit. And I think he's going to bring a whole new aspect to the new Patriots, which is running out of the pocket. And, um, he's a very speedy quarterback. He's athletic. He's probably one of the hardest workers in the NFL. And I think this is going to be, uh, I think this is going to pay off the New England
1: Patriots. I think so too. I have not gotten the details. I did see it's a two-year deal, Um, and I see that he's going to be sporting the number five jersey. Will Brandon Medico's? And I I apologize by that's how I pronounce it every
0: time.
1: Will be sporting a number five New England Patriots jersey.
2: Yeah, I think. you know, going over from number five, which was his college number, I think um you know, I think that's gonna be good for him. Maybe I'm not gonna say the number had any effect on him, but um I think he's gonna be a good fit. Uh, it was a two year contract, no guaranteed money. So uh Pats don't have to pay him right now until he starts producing. Tebow's not guaranteed anything. So um being the third string quarterback, we're not gonna expect much out of him. Maybe the Patriots can use him in the Wildcat as the New York Jets failed to do. But um I think the main reason they brought him in, he's a good leader. He's a hes a nice guy. He's a role model. I think he's going to shine a nice bright light on the New England Patriots
1: franchise. Now, I don't know if I missed it or not, but did you answer the question, will you be sporting a number five jersey?
0: Oh, uh,
2: yeah, I thought you meant uh, talking about Tim Tebow's uh, jersey. Yeah, I'm not going to be sporting a number five jersey anytime soon. Um, I want. I, I mean, it's a good signing, but I'm not going to go out and buy a Tim Tebow jersey just because he signed with the Patriots. So um, there you go. Maybe Gavin will. So that's a, that's a now, story for him.
1: now, I saw there was no guarantee money, and I understand that the Patriots pretty much have it in the contract that they can pretty much do away with them at any time they feel like it. Um, it's really a, a, a no. It's really a win-win for the Patriots. Um, you either – you're not guaranteed nothing, so you're not going to lose nothing, you can come at any time, and at the same time you get possibly one of the hardest-working, most dedicated players that is willing to pretty much do anything to to live his dream in Tim Tebow, Um Do you see well, – why do you think that Tim Tebow at least last the first year of his contract, or possibly will you see him actually make it to the second year of his contract?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think Tim Tebow will last the first year of his contract, maybe um, even possibly the second year. Uh, obviously, the Patriots, as we've heard, there's a rumor they're looking to send out Ryan Mallett, um, which I think would actually, they can probably get a couple picks in return. Um, that would most likely move Tebow up to the second quarterback position in the depth chair, and I think that's what New England has in plan. If they do ship out Ryan Mallett, they always have Tim Tebow to fall back on, and um I think that's their best move. I think he will, personally. I think he will last two years in New England, and I think if they do keep him on, it's going to be a really good move.
1: Yeah, definitely. uh, It was definitely interesting. I had to pull it up. I was catching uh, NFL Network this morning, and like I said, one, was definitely interested to to see um, Bill Belichick be able to be Bill Belichick, even though they 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 were trying to bombard him with the uh, Tim Tebow questions. I was glad to see Tim Tebow didn't drag this into a long, like they did with the New York Jets, into this long Tim Tebow day and have all these questions and everything else. He was kind of short and sweet about it. Um, I, of course, they started in with all the the, the, the Tom Brady and uh, Tim Tebow Photoshop pictures that was interesting on Facebook and, and Twitter throughout the day. I'm also making the fact that the comment that Tim Tebow started at the bottom with a picture next to him to Mark Sanchez. Now he's on top talking about being next to Tim T- or uh to Tom Brady. Uh so uh, of course we all knew whatever team was going to take it on was gonna have to be one of the teams that one cannot is able to not let the media PDF fear um operations and to a coach that was willing or is able to keep control of the team no matter what what's going on outside the field, what's going on outside of the clubhouse, and we all agree that Bill Belichick was one of those uh, coaches that could do it. So uh, I was glad to see it all be able to work out and even really the best the best scenario. I think the only the only scenario that could have been better is if yes. people would have stayed in doing or uh I'm sorry, in uh, Denver. And he would have been able to fall behind Peyton Manny, He already had a backing. Um, he already had a team that had, you know, had confidence and, and was going to put everything behind him. And, you know, I, I don't think that Tim Siegel would have had a problem stepping down Peyton Manning, take over the ranks until he was done, and then reconsumed command. But that's not what happened. So I think this is really the next best scenario. Now, Warren Moon feels that – if it does not work out here, after about four years in the league, he he went on. He, you know, he first said that this was probably his best, the perfect position for him to be in. But he feels that if Tim Tebow does not make it in New England, three teams within the league for four years, his his throwing uh, style is unorthodox um, and everything else we know about Tim Tebow. Do you agree that if it does not pan out in New England? Will there be a stop anywhere else? Or is this really his last chance to at least be maybe considered a quarterback or even maybe any position in the NFL?
2: No, I don't think that this would be team, Tim Tebow's last chance to be if things don't work out in New England. Uh, personally, I do think, think things are going to work out, but if things don't, I think a team's going to want to sign him. Um, there's always going to be a team looking for a third-string quarterback, um, and I think Tim Tebow would be a really good fit For that, maybe even a backup. Um, Before he signed with New England, I know the Chicago Bears had interest in him. Um, And, again, I just think that he can bring some um, the talent. He's a very athletic guy. Uh, The leadership and good locker room chemistry. And I think those are all uh, categories that a team would want. Those are all, um, I guess you could say, attributes any team would want. He's a positive guy. He's not negative. He doesn't bring the team down. He doesn't get into trouble off the field. Um, and, he's a good, and he's a good performer on some occasions. So I think he, if things don't work out, he would make a good fit on the team. But, you know, in regards to Tebow with the Patriots, I, the reason I do think things are going to work out is because Josh McDaniels is now the offensive coordinator. If you do not know, McDaniels was the guy who drafted team Tebow. He moved up all the way into the first round to grab him in Denver. And, um, you know, Tebow already knows this offense. When McDaniels is bringing over New England, I think that's really going to benefit them and especially Tebow. So, you know, Tebow already knows the offense, good friends with Josh McDaniels. I think he's going to make a really good pairing in New England.
1: Now, I'm only going to touch on this a brief second. I'm still kind of waiting to see where and if um, Eric is joining us, somebody would be calling in. Uh, So, I'm kind of watching the studio, watching out for him in case he does call in. um, Usually, he's hanging out in the chat room uh, until then. the commercial um, before we bring Joshua on. Um, UNC baseball team defeats South Carolina 5-4, so the ACC will have two teams advancing into the College World Series. Um, Natasha put that in there. Uh, kind of surprised they got past here in South Carolina. South Carolina has been beast, really, for the last handful of years in the uh, College World Series. So, um, NC State and UNC have the ACC about ACC all day long, like it's the the the, the best thing since science bread, and really outside of two championships in basketball in the last, what, five years, eight years, whatever it is, they have not really amounted to jack outside of maybe lacrosse, um, a sport that doesn't go anywhere outside of college. It just gets you a, a, a scholarship because there's not like a pro team. But, and and they were talking about pro sports and, and I didn't get the actual percentage because I had to go in when they were talking about it, but obviously it's a phenomenally high number, but they say whoever wins. Whenever the NBA Finals is tied at 1-1, whoever wins game three, obviously it's a high percentage, but they go on to win the NBA Finals. So I'm assuming that with you thinking it's going to be San Antonio in seven games, if I remember that's what you said, Uh, I'm assuming that you think San Antonio is going to take the first one at home tonight.
2: Yeah, you know what? I I really do believe that San Antonio will be able to take one at home. Uh, San Antonio, a quick little uh, fun fact, they've never trailed in the finals. Um, so I think history and stats are on their side. I think San Antonio will be able to take the lead to one in the series.
0: Now, I know you
1: picked it in seven, but with it being a 2-3-2 two, two, um, format and they took one at uh, Miami, you have no
0: confidence that
2: they can sweep and win all three at home? Um, no, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't think San Antonio is going to be able to win, um, three straight. Um, you know, I do believe they can take one in San Antonio tonight. But other than that, I just don't feel that, you know, the Spurs have enough. Uh, they, to me, this series they've looked inconsistent. Um, and, things, and when you're inconsistent, that really doesn't go well on um, top players like Tony Parker, who really hasn't been on top of his game. A lot of turnovers when he went from zero turnovers in game one to a boatload of turnovers in game two. And I think um, their X factor, Manu Ginobili,
3: he really hasn't
2: been on top of his game either. Um, he's been struggling throughout the playoffs, and uh, particularly in the series. So I think with all that going, um, he needs to step up. I think Tim Duncan needs to step up who had a miserable game, uh, game two. So if all these guys and the pieces could come together, I think they will be able to steal one in San Antonio. Now, there was something I was going to say.
1: Now, Oh, now I remember what I was saying. Alright, we're in pretty much year three of the project of the big three, and decisions obviously are going to have to be made over this next year and the following year. If If Miami spent all this money, and they lose to Dallas in the first set of finals, is able to get past OKC, which not to put down OKC, but was really not that hard of a pass. That was a team that was still young, still kind of challenged, so that wasn't really some big task, in my opinion. Uh, Plus, the officiating was just piss poor, horrible. And then you follow San Antonio to say that plays out. How shortly after they lose do we start seeing some of these pieces start to unfold and start to see Miami start to think about going in a different direction? No, I don't think
2: Miami's going to want to go into a different direction. Um, I know they had a disappointing uh, loss to the Dallas Mavericks in their first year, um, but they have made the finals every single year. Uh, most teams can't say they've done that in the mind that he can um, though they only have one championship so far to show for it. Um, being able to make it to the finals is good enough in my book. I think this Miami Heat team is built for multiple championships. Um, do I think they have a good chance of being the Spurs in the finals? I do. You know, I was going more for the under, I think the Spurs are the underdogs in this finals. Um, even though when they've won six out of six, um, and I do feel that Miami is probably the more dominant team, but, um, you know, right now I think San Antonio may be able to beat them. But you know, in other words, with Miami, if they do not win this um, finals, I do not think it's time to head into a different direction. Um, I know LeBron James, as we talked about before, will be entering free agency as an unrestricted free agent. Um, their main priority is to re-sign him to a max deal, uh, lock him up for you know a number of years, make sure he stays in this Miami team. Because without LeBron James, this team is nothing. Um, I know I discussed with analysts before on whether the Miami Heat would still be able to win without LeBron. Um, You know, Dwayne Wade did bring this team to a championship in 2006, but we have not seen the same Dwayne Wade. Um, Dwayne Wade nowadays, present-day Dwayne Wade, seems to be going through the motions um, throughout the whole season, I would say, and um, particularly throughout this playoff series and the finals. So I feel that he needs to start stepping up for this team and not really – have LeBron carry the load. That's what LeBron specifically left Cleveland for. He was carrying the load. He felt that going to Miami, you wouldn't need to do that. And so far, we've seen LeBron carry this team to the finals every season. So I think players like Bosch and Dwayne Wade would start stepping up, and we'll see if Miami can uh, be able to win the series and make it two championships in this new era. Now, I think it was Jay that I
1: talked to about this. And if it's you, I apologize, but I want to ask you, because I don't think it was you that I thought to, Jason Kidd, front candidate uh, for the position in the the Brooklyn Nets. Do you think that's a good or bad idea?
2: Um, You know, I'm a little neutral on this decision only because Jason Kidd, he has no experience as a coach, obviously. Um, You know, he, he is a good leader. Um, He has veteran leadership, good leadership qualities in the locker room. A lot of players think highly of him. I think he could be a nice leadership role. But other than that, he doesn't have any coaching experience. I think this would be a bad move in regards to the Brooklyn Nets. I know he played many seasons with the New Jersey Nets, their main star, almost brought him to a championship. Um, Other than that, though, I think this is more of a – this won't look good on the Brooklyn Nets franchise. They built a team to win now and um, they were supposed to be an elite team in the Eastern Conference, and I haven't seen that yet. With Max contracts and Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, uh, Brooke Lopez, you can even throw Chris Humphries in there, Jones Wallace, that's pretty much a whole starting five that's walked up for a number of years on mega contracts, mega money. Um, I think bringing in Jason Kidd to me um, personally would look at it as a joke that yeah, this franchise is really not serious about what they're doing. I'm not taking anything away from Jason Kidd. He may turn out to be a phenomenal coach, but coming just retiring right now, uh, I really wouldn't rely on him to be able to lead this franchise to a championship.
1: Gotcha. You know, my my feelings are kind of mixed as well. Um, you know, I kind of agreed with Jay a little bit that maybe he needs to take a year or so off from the league and, and you know, maybe focus that. If that's what he wants to do and go into coaching career – then maybe, you know, take a year off or so and kind of get your, your mentality into the coaching uh, state of mind versus it being on the player's state of mind. Uh, I i been around the game for a very long time and has got a lot of experience and, and knows a lot more than some coaches, but until you're able to kind of step away and look at it from the coach's point of view, um, you don't see the whole aspect of the game. You don't get the whole game. And, you know, obviously as a player, if he saw everything that everybody saw to include the coach, then he would have automatically been – he would have been in more finals and won more championships because he would have known everything he needed to do and have been one step ahead of everybody. So I I think he needs to take the time to uh, kind of step back, kind of learn the game from a different point of view, then maybe take an opportunity – maybe not even a head coach, maybe as an assistant coach and work his way up. That way he gets some experience underneath the belt, um, you know, have it set, you know, somewhere that, you know, that's where it was going to. You know, you know, this coach is either, you know, is going to be around for another year or two or, you know, some something to that aspect. I, I think it's awful quick to go from you're, you you just got out of basketball to you're talking about taking over a team, which, you know, I'm sure that decision is going to be made very soon so they can start working towards the next year and already have everything in place. So it's going to be a quick transition if that's what
2: they went. Yeah, and um, as you did mention, you brought up a good point. Jason Kidd is an assistant coach. Um, I can definitely see that. Um, Again, he's inexperienced at the head coaching position. I think that he, um, in order to become a head coach, I think he should start off as an assistant to somebody who's been around the game more and has that experience. And I think he would be able to start up like that. Um, And, you know, Again, with assistant coaches, Patrick Ewing, who was an assistant coach for the Atlanta Magic for a while, is going to be the associate head coach for the Charlotte Bobcats. And if you do not know, the associate head coach is kind of like two coaches. He's not going to be the assistant coach, but he's going to be like, I guess he's going to be splitting time with their head coach. So the Charlotte's going to have two head coaches. That's a first to me. I've never seen that happen before. And when I first saw that news, it um, kind of shocked me a little bit as a surprise. But, again, I think Patrick Ewing. He, he obviously, he was a star in the NBA, kind of like Jason Kidd. comes in, gets an assistant job, and now he's the head coach of the Bobcats. That's, I think that's the path uh, Jason Kidd needs to head down.
1: Yeah, so I was going to bring up uh, Patrick Ewing next. Um, I didn't know he was going to be the head coach. Um, I know that I saw him in the assistant part, and I was going to bring that up and uh, ask you your opinion of it. Um it looks much better with a full head of hair like he did back in the day. Now, looking at him being bald, he kind of looks like. A, I don't know if you ever watched the movie Conehead, but uh, <laughs> I know it was wrong to me, but that, that's cool. What he's looking like right now is he, he could be up there with, uh, with Bill Murray, or no, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Conehead.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: I think Tosh Gilling needs to start growing his hair back because he. <laughs> Yeah, he does look like a conehead. Um, that style's really not fitting him. But you know, I think he's going to be a good fit for the Bobcats. Um, you know, he played in the era of Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, they they're good friends. They have they have some chemistry together. I think Jordan's really putting um, a lot of faith into him. And he is also the Space Jam co-star to Michael Jordan. So again, uh, not you know some more chemistry there. But um, I think it's going to work out for Bob for the Bobcats. I mean, you really can't take away much success in there. Uh, for that franchise and I don't know when the last time they made the playoffs Well that, it's been a while since they have I think they they have all the right pieces Kemba Walker I think can be A um, true leader at the Point guard position uh, Michael Gilchrist who should pan out to be a future star They have the pieces they just need the right head Coaching uh, position I think Patrick Earing is going to do a good job in Charlotte Trying to get The details on the contract Is the way
1: it's Still not disclosed The way they're talking about it uh, Bradshaw is going to get a nice little penny Out of Indianapolis I was hoping that they had the details On that but they still not released really the details On the signing the, the Of Bradshaw uh, I don't know if we talked about that on Friday night Or not No
2: uh, we did not uh, You mean I'm a high Bradshaw Yeah yeah, we did not talk about that night. Actually, to be honest with you, Jason, I know uh, it's kind of old news now, but I just heard about it today on ESPN um, that he signed with the Indianapolis Colts. I guess I was living under a rock. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, I think this is going to be a really good signing. And, um, you know, for the Colts, he brings veteran leadership, even though he's only 27 years old. But um, I think he's I think he's going to be a good, um, you know, fill in. He's not going to start, obviously, but I think he can um, – You know, I think he's going to fit in quite nice. I think this is really going to affect the um, New York Giants. As a lot of people said, he was the heart and soul of that offense. Um, Most of the teams said he was. So obviously there's some team chemistry that's being broken up there by getting rid of him. And, um, you know, this may be a negative effect on the Giants, or this could turn out to be a positive. So I don't know. We're going to have to see what Bradshaw can bring to the Indianapolis
0: Colts.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, we've we definitely seen some good years out of him. We've, done some, we've seen some unproductive, unproductive years out of him. Um, my only concern is whether or not he can last the whole season to, to kind of be that main back back there cause, you know, Indianapolis has definitely been lacking in the running back. Not that they've not had running backs, but not had good, effective running backs. I think this could be great if, if – all the stars line up with, with Andrew Luck basically stepping in and kind of taking the role of Peyton Manning and doing it well with the receiving force, Reggie Wayne, uh, looking like he found the fountain of youth, and, and everything else has kind of played into play for um, Andrew Luck and the Annapolis Colts and the way that they were able to click last year. Uh, so this, this definitely could help. Um, Ryan Reach, cut by the Ravens, the salary cap move, um, another another victim of an over. For a over-priced quarterback situation, uh, how big of a pick do you think this is, just one more piece of the Ravens that is not going to be there? And, and I know Ray Rice is their main back and is very productive, but I know that at times it helps to have someone like Avon Leach go through and kind of clear the hole out for uh, Ray Rice. Yeah,
2: you know, I really think by releasing Vontae Leach, it's going to affect the Baltimore Ravens as he is a fullback. But uh, you know, last season he had 32 yards, a touchdown. Um, you know, not numbers. He's not more. He's not a stat sheet stuffer. But he does bring again teammate chemistry. A lot of players think highly of him. I think he's really um, he's kind of the glue that holds that you know running game together along with Ray Rice. I think he was uh, kind of like a role model to Rice. I think um, again, veteran leadership he brought in. Um, you know, again, by Baltimore releasing him, it really didn't come as a surprise to me because they pretty much cleaned house after winning the Super Bowl. Got Vanquan Bolden, obviously Ray Lewis retired, Ed Reed went to Houston, and now Von, you know, Vontae Leach, he, he's been released, and a lot of other, Paul Kruger went to, um, I believe it was the Cleveland Browns. So I think, um, you know, Baltimore, you know, what they're doing, I don't agree with after they won a Super Bowl with that team. But since they're on that path and releasing Vontae Leach, again, they've become a surprise in, in their situation and may be the right move. A uh,
1: team Nick showed up for New York Jet, Giants mandatory mini camp and refused to disclose why they skipped all nine of the team's recent voluntary workouts. You no, know, I know they're voluntarily and I I know once you start making a certain amount of money you are better than everybody else and and in your own mind you're God. Well no, that's just NFL players and athletes that got big heads upon themselves. I don't understand why you would not go to voluntarily work, voluntary workouts to, one, mesh and get the timing down pat and take advantage of these voluntarily um, camps. But, two, you've got rookies that are coming in that are now, you got to play in, into those factors, offensively receiving. Um, I, I know they didn't get running backs with Wilson and Brown back there, but, there's a lot of things that you got to compact in such a short amount of time, you know. Now, now the mandatory camps are showing up, and here we are in June. You got July and what August, and then we're in the preseason. And, and so, and and because the players want to be pampered and only can have like one contact practice a week or whatever the, the, these fansies wanted, you know, got and wanted in the new CBA. I don't understand why you would not show up to a, a, a voluntary practice so you, you, you can take advantage of the new season, especially when you come off the season and you guys didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, you know what? I think, Keen Knicks,
2: um, as you did mention, a lot of these NFL players, they're prideful. Um, you know, they think they're the best in the world, and having to show up to mini camp is kind of a slap in the face to them. Um, you know, what, like Nix, he's had his off-field off problems, his issues. Um, you know, I believe it was last year, um, or even this offseason. you know, he's holding off some contracts and all this. But, um, you know, him showing up to minicamp is definitely big news for the Giants. Maybe he has a change of heart. Maybe we're going to see a new rookie Knicks. I, I doubt it, though. Um, I think he's going to be the same guy. You know, the Giants also have other issues, and that revolves around Victor Cruz. He still hasn't signed. Um and he's going to miss minicamp possibly preseason. And if they can't get a contract down, um it, it's really not going to go well or go well for um you know, uh New York. Eli Manning that Victor Cruz is his top guy. And without him, then um I think this Giants franchise really doesn't make any any uh positive movement or go forward throughout their throughout their years. And you know Victor Cruz, you know right now Having that absent, he's, again, he's going to miss training camp, maybe preseason. Um, they're still working. The contract talks are moving slowly. Um, but if they can get something down, which I think they will, which is probably going to be around a max contract, then the uh, Giants should do well on their offensive weapons.
1: Yeah, it's definitely got to be tough when you don't have a Victor Cruz. You have Nicks finally show up after missing first or the first nine practices. And then it goes on to say that he didn't really do much today, that uh, Coffin went on to say that he's definitely not in tune with where we are. Um, We've had nine OTAs, and we've thrown a lot of them, in a lot of them. So they've already been throwing the ball a lot. I'm not paying, but Eli Manning's definitely been, um, you know, working his arm, getting back into the rhythm, hoping that the New York Giants will be able to get in some kind of rhythm and, and do better than what they did last year. So with um, contract issues with Victor Cruz, which I'm not I'm not sure the details of what he's asking for, but uh, I have this funny feeling because he does some lame-ass direct TV commercial, and him and his mom done, do some even stupider Campbell's soup commercial that it has probably a little bit bigger than it really should. Um, he, he's not 100% reliable. He's kind of, when it comes to the hands, almost like a T.O. or Brandon Edwards, who likes to drop a lot of balls. So I, I hate when you get receivers or get a player that is get be able to throw some stats up and now get ahead of themselves and, and really throw everything out of out of sync to get prepared for the next season. Like I said, especially for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year was barely above 500. Now you got one receiver that missed the first nine practices, and then now you got another one that has it, got a big head and is it, pretty much sent
2: out until he gets paid. Yeah, and again, I think um, the Giants' offense all revolves around Victor Cruz, and right now I think their main priority and main goal should be signing him. Um, You know, again, as I said, without him, I don't see the Giants doing anything this season. So um, they, they need to get a contract set out and get him signed so he can get suited up to preseason.
1: Um, Um, What we're getting ready to do is we're getting ready to play the 110 Nations um, Challenge Promo. When we come back on the other side, I'm assuming Joshua Williams, the NBA agent, will be it might be him on the line right now on hold. Um, I'll be finding out here in just one second. We'll be bringing him on the show. I'm not sure. Oh, thank God i put in the wrong spot. Um, I'm not sure where Ms. is at. She back me in and said that she got some stuff going on last minute and that she will be joining us shortly. So I did see that. But hopefully this plays all well. We'll get to our NBA guy on here. Um, I know Brandon's Wait patiently to be able to talk and and join in this conversation. So, give me just one second, we come back on the other side, we'll have
0: Joshua Williams.
1: Thank you, everybody for tuning in to the One Ten Nation Sports Show. I'm your host, DJ Sports. You can follow me at DJ Sports One. You can follow the show at One Ten Nation. Uh, we are the FS Edition. What that means is we are live on Blog Talk Radio and as well as Freecast. So you can go either go up to Freecast.com and click on the live and upcoming, and just uh, then click on the One Ten Nation Sports show link, or you can go to BlogTalkRadio.com um, search. on it that way. Or you can call in at seven one eight six six four nine eight six one if you just want to listen. Don't hit nothing. if you want to get on the air. Press one. Before I bring Joshua on, I see that we have Miss Chambers in the chat room. Uh she wasn't here earlier when I talked about it. Um I, I want to thank you uh Miss Chambers. Um it's fucking hockey. She writes over there for us. This month or the month of May was the all time high when it comes to page views that we had at It's fucking hockey and it's all due to uh, Miss Chambers, you can call her at K Chamber twenty one twenty one. I just wanna make sure she heard me thank her. Um in the studio now with us is Joshua Williams. How are you doing tonight, sir?
3: How you doing today, C J. How's everything going?
1: It is going. Um how are you?
3: I'm I'm doing good, man. I was I was trying my best to get on the, the street cast but it wasn't wasn't working, uh, you know, just moved into my new home and I uh, still don't have Internet set up. So I'm at Starbucks trying to poach Internet, and it just was not working out. So I just left, figured I should call in. So that's, that's what hey, I'm it, doing.
1: It, it, it's definitely a task. Um, not everybody can necessarily get on, or if they do get on, the, the audio doesn't necessarily work great all the time. Luckily, um, does the host over at GSB Sports he has got his stuff up up and running, so we have a very good show on Friday nights. And then, of course, I've been able to keep this going the other four days. Okay. But you know, once upon a time, it was like 21 shows on the Go Radio Network, and it, oh wow, yeah, okay. we was a, yeah, we was only two shows. I mean, it, the, the rest of the shows, most of the, rest of the shows, stayed with the, the Go Radio Network, and they're just on the PTR side. But these two shows, the the GMB Sports, the 110, was the only ones we could actually master. Um, the whole screencast thing, so um, okay. Fortunately, okay. I- I'm part of that, and I'm glad to. Um, I saw on Facebook before Mitchell had hit me up, I saw the picture of it. You're officially an NBA agent. How does it feel?
3: Uh, it, I mean, it feels great. You know, it really feels great. I feel like, you know, the world truly is about to open up for, you know, a lot of the things that I'm looking to do. Um, you know, definitely trying to change the game as far as, you know, Agents are a lot of times looked at as dirty people or, you know, kind of underhanded type people, and that's not what I'm about at all. So, you know, definitely just trying to make the most of it and um, help as many, help as many up and coming young kids and uh, future stars that can.
0: Now,
1: do what? What was the first thing once you became an agent? And, and I'm sure there's a list of things that you wanted to go or. Maybe even a bucket list as being, end. well I'm not gonna say bucket list. Okay, let me back step. Once you officially <laughs> became an NBA agent, what was the first thing on your list you you felt that you needed to do or that you did do? I mean, outside of thanking people and everything else, but moving forward with your career, what was the first thing you decided that was what you needed to do to start moving forward?
3: Honestly, honestly, the the, the biggest thing that I you know really was thinking about was stay patient. You know I you know this one i I really wanted to have this all this whole process finished a little earlier, so I could have an opportunity to possibly you know get involved in this year's draft, but you know that didn't happen and um, I'm sure we're gonna talk about you know the China tour that I'm a part of um shortly, but you know that that actually really took off, and that's shown to have a lot of legs, so you know honestly for me, it's just staying patient, you know not necessarily going for the big fish right now if I'm not truly all the way ready, you know, staying patient and just moving forward and, you know, really honing my craft. And after that, the sky's the limit.
1: Now, um, how long, What kind of, kind of what are the steps to actually become an NBA agent? It's not like you can just sign up, sign a piece of paper and hand it David Stern saying you want to be an NBA agent. What kind of time frame did you have to go, like, how long did it take you from when you decided this is what I want to do to when you accomplished it? And, and kind of briefly, what do you have to do or what did you have to do to get to where you got that piece of paper saying that you are official engaged? agent?
3: Uh, well, the process itself probably took about, I'd say, about three months. Um, I actually personally knew, well, no, um, uh, the uh, deputy, dec- deputy uh, that's in charge of all the agents um he's from the players association and um you know i spoke with him at the all-star weekend in in houston this year and you know really just was expressing my interest in the process and letting him know that that was something i was looking into getting into and uh you know he basically just took me under his wing and and uh tried to help me as much as he could but i mean the, the most important thing really is you know to have your plan in place like you know I I not I'm not necessarily representing anybody currently, but you know as far as if someone was to fall out of the sky and said, hey, I want you to be my agent tomorrow, you know I have everything already set up as far as you know lawyers and PR company and all those other steps have already been you know set up. They're already good to go. So I think that really helps you a lot because I mean me personally, I didn't go to law school, so you know I don't want everybody to have that impression that you know you have to be a lawyer or. You know, you have to be all these other things, but you know, you definitely do have to go to college and um, have a sports background. So that's kind of the biggest thing I would I would want to impart to everyone.
1: Um, do you have your eye on anybody right now? Like, have you knowing that you where you were going and where you were headed, and, and that you were become an agent? Has, has there been players that you've been watching and studying? That are still in the college level or even you know, high school level, um, that you kind of keep an eye out. That you are, you've been taking notes and keeping in the back of your mind.
3: No, no, CJ, you know I can't tell you that.
1: <laughs>
3: no, well, no, I mean me I, I will, hard. I will say I'll give, I'll give you this. Um, you know, one of one, one of the players uh, that I was actually really close with. Um, I'm not gonna mention any names. Uh, he's he, but he he um. I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go ahead and give you a good idea. He he went to UNLV this year, and um you know he he played at a local high school that I'm uh, currently affiliated with, and um you know help help out with the program and just you know just a friend friend of the program, help out the kids wherever I can, um you know as far as yeah. just advice or anything like that, and um you know really wanted to just help him, and um, that was kind of. The thing that really spearheaded this from the beginning was, you know, he was getting a lot of improper information from, you know, what, you know, what I was, what I was seeing, and uh, definitely wanted to be able to at least help him or, you know, give him any further advice. And I needed to have that kind of backing me up to really give that kind of advice. And um, so that was that was the original plan. And the more and more I got into it, the more I realized that these young kids were really just being taken advantage of, you know, by the system by a lot of a lot of different factors, and um, that's kind of the main reason why I
1: really wanted to get into it. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to give me any names. I just
0: kind of want to know if you had. <laughs> you was
1: know, already doing your homework. I, I don't need the inside. So I'm sure once all the the contracts and you finally get to sign your first deal, I'm sure we're going to hear about it. And I'm going to see it on Facebook. Oh yeah, oh I, yeah, for sure. No, I'm sure you'll uh, get that. <laughs> I wonder if you already got that black book going and you already you already got your eyes on the team.
3: That's right. That's right. I have to have to at least be looking forward, you know. But like I said, this one, you know, it's it's really about patience, you know, now that this has at least been solidified, it's you know, I'm I'm official, you know, I don't have to rush. End of the day, I'm I'm comfortable, you know, really want to just continue to build my brand and uh and see what comes. All right. Um I'm going to
1: ask you four questions, but we'll let Brandon he wants to talk to the NBA finals with you. Um oh, kind of up. uh kinda of briefly do that. I'm trying to get some time because I know you got a big thing going on in China and I know we got you for a little bit longer. And and Ms. Jules has got one child sick and another and another I think her son is sick and her daughter's on the way home to help out so she could jump on and she really wanted to get involved with the China conversation. So I'm trying to put that more towards the end so Miss Jules will be able to join us. Um Brandon yeah. go ahead. All right. Um how you doing tonight,
2: sir? I
3: I'm doing great, Brandon. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, I
2: want to get your opinion on the final series between the San Antonio Spurs and Miami Heat. Who looks like the better team to you so
3: far? Okay. Do you do you want the honest answer or do you want you know my biased answer? <laughs> I, I, I want I want to hear both. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you know, honestly, honestly, you know, my biggest thing with the Heat, you know, I'm I'm not really a huge Heat supporter. I I, I have to at least let that be known. You know, not really the biggest fan, but um I do know enough people on that team to at least, you know, I, I like them, like, you know, don't have any ill will personally towards them, they're good friends of mine. Um, I would say Miami, when they when they, you know, play under control and they're playing, they're really pushing the pace, they're unbeatable. I, I can I can say that pretty pretty confidently. You know, um they just just as far as the amount of weapons that they do have and um you know, when they're when they're sharing that ball it's 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 almost impossible to stop them truthfully um but I, what I will say about the spurs, the biggest thing about the spurs is you know the thing that you can't discredit they have you know those those guys have three rings collectively between the three of them with you know with Tim having four they're shooting for their fourth Tim his fifth you know you can't you can't discredit that end of the day, you know dwayne Wade has two rings now, but everyone else on that team only has one and really you know. We don't want to start getting into last year's series, but, uh, you know, I still feel as if they robbed the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm not going to say anything. But, um, <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, for the Spurs to win, you know, they, they really just, you know, I've said this all playoffs long, you know, they've got to keep Miami under 100. If you can keep Miami under 100 and you can execute your offense at a solid level, um, you know, they, they break down. They'll break down in the half court. Simply because just just the you know the way they play they don't they don't always share the ball they don't always you know move it around um, and then you know when they're expecting their role players to hit shots they you know maybe he didn't touch the ball for ten minutes now you want him to hit a three like no he's probably gonna have to shake some rust you know and I and I think that that's probably the biggest thing that's gonna keep that's gonna make the series interesting personally from my perspective since you know Trace McGrady is going with me to China. Um, I want the thing over in five, so somebody needs to rattle off three straight. I really don't care who,
0: <laughs> but uh,
3: that's that's really that's really my my
0: personal opinion. So yeah,
3: yeah, you know the biggest thing for Spurs right
2: now, um, if you look at Game Two, um, I think right now they shown to be inconsistent. They lost one hundred three to eighty four. Um, you know the the guy who had the most points was Danny Green, somebody you really don't yep. expect. Uh, Tony yeah. Parker was 13 points, was 5-14 in the field. Uh, he, had a, he had five turnovers when he had yes. only one turnover. I had zero turnovers, actually, in game one. Um, then Tim Duncan went 3 for 13th in the field. So I think the inconsistency with these guys has really affected the Spurs, along with Kawhi yes. Leonard really not being able to defend LeBron James, who has just been monstrous throughout the series. He had 17 points, uh, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 blocked shots along with three steals. I don't know if you saw it but that block on Tiago splinter was
3: nasty. Oh, I mean I mean, honestly, well okay, I'll put it to you like this. The Spurs for the Spurs to truthfully win and I I was telling uh my colleague John that, you know, that's gonna be a part of this China tour, the only people that are gonna stop Tim Duncan are truly the Spurs. And yeah. you kinda see that you kinda saw that the last game, you know, the, there's no one on there's no one on Miami that can truthfully stop Tim Duncan. And you know, they, like, in even in game one, um, there was quite a few instances where, you know, even on the medium break, you know, Tim Duncan's running the floor, and Tony either didn't see him or didn't pass him the ball. And, like, you can see Tim getting frustrated. He's like, man, I just ran the floor, and I'm, you know, I, if you give me a lob, I'm either going to get fouled or I'm going to get a bucket. And, you know, they, like, in game two, they really didn't, you know, just go into him constantly. Like, I would just, honestly, I would just feed the post. Like, you saw what Indiana did. Roy Hibber was touching it at least every other possession, at least once every other possession. He wasn't going through walls where, you know, maybe he'd get the ball or maybe he was on the weak side of the play. Like, he was getting the ball every every other time down the floor, if not every time down the floor, at least a touch. And that's that's kind of that like they can't just try to shoot threes because end of the day, um, you know, when, when crunch time hits, if it's a tight game, you know, they're going to lock down on a lot of those threes, whereas Tim, you know, Tim's still going to be Tim. He's a Hall of Famer. You know, get him the ball. So that's, that's my biggest thing as far as the Spurs are concerned. Yeah, definitely. Um,
2: you know, another thing for the Spurs right now, I think their X factor, which I look at to be Manu Ginobili, um, he really oh. hasn't been doing a lot this series. Um, definitely in game two, he was held with five points, two for six in the field, um, two rebounds, an assist, and, assists and uh, one steal. Um, you know, with Ginobili, oh, they also had uh, three turnovers. I think he really needs to love coming off the bench because, um, again, as I mentioned before, he's their X factor. I think um, yeah. he, he's their scoring productivity like, coming off the bench. And I think without him, San Antonio really loses that that confidence um, being yeah. able to floor against Miami.
0: Because Miami yeah. is such
2: a great team offensively and defensively that when you're – if San Antonio's having a bad shooting night, they're just going to get blown out of the water. You make one mistake yeah. Miami and that's pretty much it. Miami will take advantage of that fairly
3: quickly. No, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. I mean, Manu. I mean, every time he touched the ball in game two, I was like holding my breath. Like, I mean, it was like he touched the ball and he looked like a wreck player. It was bad.
0: It was really, really
3: bad. He was, I mean, out of control. And I mean, every from, I mean, from the moment he touched the ball, he looked like it, he was going to turn it over. And it was like by the grace of God that he got it back in the hands of somebody else or didn't turn it over. Cause I mean he had he had him and Tony, you know I don't know why they kept trying to throw the the slip pass off the screen, and you know they're looking for a kick ball and they're obviously not getting it, so it's like stop making that pass. They had like in the first quarter alone they had four turnovers, that were off the same exact play, and they had four turnovers the entire first game. So yeah. it was it was it was tough. I mean I I still think that they can do it. I think if they would have won Game Two, I think if the Spurs would have been able to pull out Game Two, I think that they would that would have definitely put them in the driver's seat, and you know by a lot. But um, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see what ends up happening in Game Three. Game Three, I think, is really going to decide the series. Um, if the Spurs can come back and win, you know, their first game on their their home floor, I think that they have a really good shot. If they lose that one, I think I think it's pretty much over.
2: Yeah, I I have to agree with you. If um, the Spurs go down two games to one, I don't see them coming back. They need to win this one in San Antonio to actually stay relevant.
0: But, you know, when it comes
2: to the Heat, um, I was really liking what Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh did in game two, and I think this is what they need to do for the rest of the series. Uh, You know, Dwayne Wade only had 10 points, went 5 to 13 from the field, but he also contributed two rebounds and six assists. Um, You know, Dwayne Wade, to me, he looked like he was going through, through the motions this whole series and throughout the playoffs. He's obviously not the same Dwayne way as we saw in 2006 when he won an NBA championship. Um, I think that's really what he, that affected the Heat. And with Chris Bosh, you look at that Indiana series, he was out-rebounded every single game by, you know, a combination of Roy Hibbert and David West. Um, they were pretty much bullying him in the paint. I think Chris Bosh really step up in, as his game two performance, 12 points, 10 rebounds, got the double-double, and contributed four assists. I'm really liking that Chris Bosh performance. I think that is uh, – critical for finding heat to
3: win. Uh, I mean definitely, definitely. I mean between between Bosch and uh and you know, they can keep getting a few of like one like one of their role players. It doesn't necessarily have to be anyone in particular, but as long as one of their role players can continue to, you know, give them a double figure scoring night, it, they're 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 very hard to beat. They're very hard to beat. Because I mean at the end of the day LeBron LeBron and Dwayne Wade are always gonna be LeBron and Dwayne Wade for the most part unless, you know, something just happens and they're they're off the reservation and and lose their minds. But, I mean, outside of that, you know, if they get 10 to 15 points from an unexpected source, whether it's, you know, whether it's Ray Allen or, or, uh, you know, Cole or Yadonis Haslam or any of those other guys or Mike Miller, any of those guys have a hot night, it changes, you know, it changes the whole complexion of the
1: game. Yeah, definitely. I you feel that. We 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 see Miami three finals in a row. Now let's see let's say that they fall and, and San Antonio wins this out and so we watched Miami go to three finals, only able to win on spend a lot of money on their big three and, and spend a little bit of money on those veterans to kind of keep plugging in. Does this project become a a, a good it, was it a success three final appearances back back? Or will it go down as
0: being
1: a bust because you can only seal the deal once in those three times? Not five, not six, not <laughs>
3: seven. <laughs> like if they don't if they don't win this one, they're blowing the team up. They have to. They have to. With the new with the new CBA, the way it is and the way it's uh, you know constructed, they they can't keep that team together if if they're gonna flop in the in the finals. Um, you know, and especially with uh, with with the, you know with LeBron with, with the big three essentially having that you know that next opt out after next season i believe i'm pretty sure it's after next season um yeah. you know they, they they've got a i i honestly personally could see chris bosh getting traded um during the uh during the, you know during the uh, the draft i could see that you know not even a question it could happen as quick as that you know if yeah. they could if they could trade bosh for you know somewhere in between 5 and 10 pick for a lottery pick and some cap relief um, and they get a young, you know, a young up-and-coming player to replace him. Um, I can, I can definitely see something like that happening. Pat Riley wouldn't surprise me, even, uh, even in the league.
1: Yeah. All right. Definitely. Nobody, nobody has jumped onto my bandwagon as of yet. So I'm going to ask you, but I'm not going to have you answer it until we get done playing this sideways illustrated promo to that going on. And Then I'm going have, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more finals, and we're. Uh, I got a couple questions about your agency thing. And then at that point, we should have this Jules on and talk about this, this big trip you got going to China. Um, okay. The last two years, Cleveland has drafted very well, got very good, young, talented players, got the number one draft pick for 2013, brought back Mike Brown. we got a what looks like could be a very talented, almost like a young version, a very young version of the Miami Heat. Will LeBron go back and play for Cleveland now that the pieces are into play? And it looks like you can build around him and you can get that five, six, that seven, that eight. I want to know your answer when we come back on side. You read my mind, Jason. <laughs> Thank everybody for tuning in to the One Ten Nation Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow me at CJ Sports One. You can follow the show at One Ten Nation. Uh, Ms. Jules is about an estimated about two to three minutes out. She will be joining us. You can follow her at Team K Twenty Four. For those on the Black Talk, all you a Black Talk side, all you got to hear was the music. Those on the screencast got to see the video. Those on the Block Talk side, make sure you just jump over to SidewaysIllustrated.com. The Southeast um, Dirt Track Magazine, um, you can get your subscription. It's like six months for $20. Bucks. I get one every month. Uh, make sure you check them out. You are tuned in to the SS Edition. That means we are live on Block Talk as well as Freecast. Simultaneously, so you can go to Freecast.com. Go to Live and Upcoming, click on the 110 Nation uh, Tour Show link. Or you go to blocktalkradio.com in the search bar and just put the 110 Nation Sports Show. Um, you can also call in at 718-664-9861 if you just want to listen in, put the little earphones in. Don't hit nothing. Just listen to the show. You can walk around, do housework, drive, whatever the case may be. Um, if you want to talk to the host, just push one. Um, got this earlier week. I pushed it out once to get a response back. I need uh, anybody that is serious about thinking about using ProActive. I have one. 30-day free supply. Um, the only thing they one is like your name and your your um, information. That way, if you decide you like it, um, you, they can be your, you know, basically your agent or whatever. Not agent, but your your salesperson. Um, so, if anybody's interested, in, uh, and I prefer to give it to someone that's seriously considered on using it, not just to give it away to somebody that's never, you know, is is not going to continue to support this agent. Um, they were willing to give me a thirty day supply to hand out to somebody. If you're interested, just DM me at uh DJ Sports One or you can DM me at and I'll look you guys up. Also, make sure you guys check out Frog Fuel. Um I believe it's Frog Uh if you go to the one ten nationsportsshowcom sports Show.com, I have the uh the the page set up with got the giveaway. All you gotta do is just check out their little app. It's a nice little video and, and a bunch of condoms to help you um, get in the, the, the workout routine and everything else, blah, 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 you know, all that ordeal. Um, I got a little thing right at the bottom. You can get three free packs. I know it's not a lot, but it's like, like $10 after I pay for shipping. So, I mean, it is a little something. Good protein. I still get three or four packets. I got a few more left that I got to take, and I uh, have three to four to give out uh anybody that wants to try it. So make sure you jump over there. I think make sure you guys also go to go dot com forward slash one ten nation. I think I covered everybody real quick. Um
0: <laughs> Mr Williams.
1: Yes. Gave yeah, you five minutes to think about which and I'm sure you're in your answer when I asked the question. But I'm not determined. someone is going to be on board with me and, and, and is going to agree that LeBron is going to make the return. Not only do you have all the pieces lining up in Cleveland, not only have they got a number one draft pick that I don't know if they're going to use yet or not, trade it off, even though they've left all the salary cap space open to be able to afford him, a lot of people are still not sold. And the account of luxury tax uh, thing is getting ready to be implicated in the NBA, which is going to make it hard for Miami to keep the big free. Nobody's still riding my train. What do you think is going to happen to LeBron? Uh, I mean, personally, you know, I think it would be that would be an
3: interesting story. But as ugly as that was at the end, I I really don't see any reconciliation from that. I know he's from there, and you know all that, but the amount of hatred, you know, not only just from the fans but from the ownership. I mean, I don't. If, if Gilbert did that, I mean, Fathead stock would 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 plummet. Like, <laughs> you know, he just can't do that. Like, you know, as, as as ugly as that was, that scene was 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 ugly. You know, it wasn't just oh you laughed, we hate you. Like that got, that got pretty ferocious. You know, and I, I personally just don't see it happening. I mean, I, I I personally think Gilbert has something on Stern to keep getting these number one picks. I mean, he's had a number one pick like every other year, yeah. getting out of hand. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, but um I I really think um, you know, if LeBron was to opt, you know, was to opt out, which I'm sure he probably will, um, you know, if he doesn't return to Miami for more money, I think he would probably, um, you know, look at either the Lakers or the Bulls or, you know, one of the other huge market teams, um, that he could continue to push his agenda and, you know, push push his brand. Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily see him going back to Cleveland unless I mean unless it was like you know, the stars aligned and maybe maybe if Kyrie gets them to, you know, the second round or to a conference finals next year then I think that maybe that, that would be up for discussion. But, you know, to this point they have a lot of, you know, number one picks and nobody's really you know, they're playing well, but Kyrie is Mr Glass, he gets hurt every year and Tristan Thompson has been playing, you know, he's he's okay. He he's been playing hard but, you know, no one's really like pushing them pushing them over the top. Um, and then with Nerlens coming in, uh, you will project it. I'm not going to say that's a done deal yet, but you know, with Nerland's projected number one, you know, I think that they would definitely be in line to have you know a ridiculous nucleus. But you know, there's been a lot of great young teams in the past that never really uh, held up to their promise. So you know,
1: I, you know, I personally don't see it happening. I want to say one more thing, and we'll let Brandon jump in here for a second. Um, we had the fumble. We have the drive. We, we, we watch Cleveland Indians lose in, in Game 7 to the Florida Marlins after being up. We would watch one, the, the LeBron get swept out of the finals by San Antonio. We couldn't even hold on to the team. There's a lot of negative things that have happened to, to Cleveland, and I've never heard anybody hate on too much of Cleveland. But to hear somebody hate the fact that we actually, the only thing we can accomplish is get number one picks, and to hear someone hate on that,
0: it's kind of funny to me.
3: Oh, no, no hate, no hate at all, no hate at all, I'm, uh, hey, hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm a Wizards <laughs> fan, okay, we had the worst record, and, like, we got, like, the fifth pick, I was like, hold on, man, like, we had the worst record by leaps and bounds, and it's like, all right, seriously, like, Cleveland, Cleveland's borderline playoffs, they're getting more picks, like, this isn't fair, that's, that's not fair. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe okay, maybe that was okay, maybe I i I showed my hate there. That that okay, alright, maybe I am hating. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What else you got,
1: Brandon, before we uh talk a little bit more age uh free uh being an agent and uh, having Ms. Jules join us. Yeah, you know, I actually wanted to get my um point in on this Cleveland Cavaliers thing.
2: Uh, personally, I said it before and I said it again, I think LeBron is going to go back to Cleveland only because I think they have the pieces to be a successful team. Uh, you Look, they got the first pick in the draft, which I think is a conspiracy around that, so that's my personal <laughs> opinion. Um, <laughs> you know, Maryland's number one is projected to go number one overall, and um, I really don't see why Cleveland would draft Ben McLemore. Uh, obviously they have Deion you know, Waiters And Kyrie Irving in the backcourt So I think with a young core that includes Irving Waiters, Tristan Thompson And Nerlens Noel, I think The missing piece to the puzzle, to a Championship puzzle, would be LeBron James In um, you know, the Miami Heat They're not—they're not, they're no spring chickens, they're getting Older every year, um, you know, Chris Bosch I think is going to be around 30 years old In 2015, Dwayne Wade Is going to be around 32, so that Team is just going to keep aging so, you know, if LeBron does win the finals this year, and gets a couple championships in Miami, why not jump to Cleveland where he can win even more? You know, that's my um, personal opinion. I do feel, you know that LeBron would uh, re- reconsider signing with Cleveland, uh, Cleveland and uh, make a championship team there. He did promise to bring one back home in Cleveland, so uh, why not be a man of his way? I, I am a firm
1: believer that if LeBron, the first day he said, that, yes, I'm, pulling my, I'm taking my talents back to Cleveland, that those life-size building hanging banners of LeBron holding his hands and throwing chalk and everything else, they would be un, unrolling them that day. Like, as soon as it's announced, all of a sudden the banners, nobody would know, – like, they got it hit on top of the building. As soon as he says, they're going to push lawn over. And, and you're going to see all these buildings covered down the side with – Lankey and LeBron and everything else. I I am convinced that's the way it's going to play if it plays out. I I still about ninety five percent sure. I just think that everything is aligned for this opportunity. Um not not sure that's gonna happen, but you know, we can always hope. Um hell I mean hell we we finally got the uh, State Buckeyes to go undefeated again, then it was really for nothing because we were paying for the hole. So <laughs> <laughs> But at least we can say we were the only other Team last year.
3: That's right, that's right. You can hold you can hold your head high. you know. You just, just didn't win didn't didn't win anything. It's exactly happening,
2: Cleveland. Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Cavaliers, um Cleveland Browns still suck, but you know, we nobody's complaining about that.
3: Oh, <laughs> the Browns, that hurts. That just hurts. <laughs>
2: yeah, you can win a couple you Cleveland's not doing
0: anything. <laughs>
1: Um, we got anything else you wanted to uh, to cover in the uh, the final frame before I shift back into uh, the agent?
2: No, I think we can. I think I'm all set. We can get right into that to the uh, agency Uh, stuff in China.
0: Well,
1: well, hold off a couple more minutes. Her daughter was like almost there while we was in break, and she said she was trying to log in. Uh, So I'm gonna give her just a couple more minutes. Uh, when. When do you actually start pursuing your your, your clientele? You start uh, and, and go to schools, or um, you know, really start to be aggressive with that.
3: Well, I think I, I mean I, I my biggest plan is this. Um, you know, first off, with this tour, you know, there's a few guys on this tour that you know might be available for representation. You know, moving forward, whether it was, whether it's a keel car. Or um, you know a few of the other guys that we have uh, going over, um, so I mean if, if those kind of opportunities present themselves, then you know I'll 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 definitely take them. One because I'm starting to get into the international game you know already, and um, simply because you know it's a good opportunity, and it's, a, and it's I think that would be a good way for me to kind of learn under fire, just because. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have to, you know, jump into it knowing everything. They're, you know, they're coming, you know, kind of coming in at the same way. It's a little different, the the overseas game anyway, as far as you know everything that can be had, whether it's you know endorsement deals and all those kind of things are a little bit subdued. They're not as, you know, prevalent. It's not like you know I make a bad move and somebody's out millions of dollars. Like you know, it's it's more about getting them their deals and you know getting them a contract and kind of just holding their hand and getting them to the next level and getting them to the next step. So I mean I think I would definitely pursue one of those if that if that became available. Um but as far as, you know, trying to get my first pick, um I think I think what I'm gonna do honestly is probably go a calendar year doing these tours. Um, you know, John and I are looking into doing um tours in India as well as Dubai and also the Philippines all of the next year. And if all those things come to pass, I think you know by about you know this time next year, I'll be so far beyond you know so far ahead of where I am right now that I'll be a, I'll be a much better agent you know just from doing what I'm doing currently.
1: Um, how obviously the more the merrier and the better for you. What is an idealistic number of players you would like to represent? I mean. I mean, obviously a lot, or even maybe not a lot, but seeing all on the ones that obviously are going to land the big contracts are, are favorable. But if you, you know, yeah. had to pick a number, like you know, it would be, you know, my goal is to have ten. That, that, that's all I want. That's all I want to be able to handle. I want to have ten really good um, clients. Or you know, how, what kind of number are you trying to? And are you trying to turn this into like an agency and, and, and turn this into like a firm kind of thing? Or, you know, you just want to just kind of keep it where it's just you and just a few players and that's all the bigger you really want to be?
3: Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, you know, I'm not, like I said, like, for me, it's really all about the players. I'm not someone that worships money, you know, I've been blessed in my life to have, you know, to have the opportunity to have some money and those types of things. So it's not really, I mean, don't get me wrong, everybody needs money and, you know, I'm not going to try and, you know, disown all of my uh, possessions, but. You know, like, it, it's, that's not really what drives me. And I think when I really wanted to get into it, I, I really wanted to keep it at about five. You know, I think five for me would be perfect. If I could get five blue chip guys, that would be amazing. But, you know, I, I think I really want to keep it at five simply because I really want to be a hands-on type agent where I'm, you know, for the first few years, I'm I'm there every step of the way. Like, you know, I go visit you a few times a few times a month or at least at least once or twice a month and sit down with you, break bread with you, really kinda of go over your brand, go over, you know, what you know, what's going on with your brand, what's going on with possible. All those types of things. And I don't think that I would be able to have that kind of influence or that kind of time if I if I expanded to fifteen or twenty guys. And, you know, from the looks of it, man, this thing is gonna be a beast and I really wouldn't want to, you know, not give everyone everything that I would wish I could, you know, I would never want to be in a position where, damn, I wish I could have done more for this guy, you know, but I, I, I had 30 other things going on. I couldn't, you know, I, I would never want to be in that kind of situation. Cause at the end of the day, this is someone else's livelihood. You know, if if you're, if you miss a step, that that's a significant blow to somebody else's life. You know, it's not just, Oh shoot, I made a mistake. Like, Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a tremendous mistake, you know, and you can't necessarily make up for those kinds of mistakes. So, I like I said, you know, really I would like to keep it at about five, and honestly probably be in the game about ten to fifteen years and and consult. I, you know, I, I really think that's probably uh, what I'm looking to do. I'm not looking to be in this thing as a lifer. You know, end of the day, I mean, I make a million dollars. I will sit back and watch that million dollars. I don't have to keep going. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind yeah. of that's kind of my my thought process on it.
0: I
1: kind of feel what you're saying. I mean, I, I, what I do doesn't involve people's careers for, say, as much or impact what comes into the house as much. Um, you know, idealistically, you know, the whole 110 Nation and the site, you know, I would love more than anything this, this gets to where it's big enough that, you know, someone like Brandon doesn't have to go anywhere else. And, you know, he is able to feed his family moving forward. And same with the Jules and, and if Cabin stays with us and all the other writers, you know, they, they they can do this not only as a hobby, but make, you know, that's their only passion. You know, a lot of the writers that write for us, they do it for free, um, or really pennies on the dollar, dollar that's, you know, where we're at in our stage uh, of, you know, the development of this whole um, push to 110 Nation. And, and they do it not because they're expecting these big checks and everything else. Um, as a matter of fact, Jay Spearman, who wanted more than anything to be on here, um, I, I don't know if he got the beginning, but he took our teams to the NBA site to a whole new level. Uh, we almost tripled last month and last month was our all time high on that site and I think it might have been the all time high on with every site. So he has really done great things and he really wanted to be here tonight. He is basketball head to the max, but he uh, couldn't uh, switch things around to be here for But, uh, you know, he's been with us for a year and he has never asked for anything and and has wrote very phenomenal pieces that have gotten national attention. Um, A piece he did on the trails pretty well, got uh, thousands, tens of thousands of views, was a very phenomenal piece. So I kind of understand in in the smaller sense, um, we're not dealing with multi million dollar contracts here, but I got to respect that. that I I understand that, you know, because every decision, what network, one Ten Nation has been with, what direction we've gone, How even as, as little as what advertisers I bring on or what I make the sites look like, the themes, I, I feel that impacts how many people come and if they like it, if they don't like it, the guests we bring on. So every little simple, and even though we're only talking pennies of dollars here versus tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, a million dollars in the other direction, I, I understand that, and, and it's good to hear that, you know, you're more focused on, you know, making sure that everybody else is taken care of and, you know, if you, you know, in return get taken care of and, you know, if you only got to do this 10 years, 15 years, and be able to enjoy the rest of your life, that's great. But, you know, you do it because you want to and, and not to expect to make millions of dollars. Exactly, exactly. Um, I, I tried to wait as long as I could with Ms. Jules. Um, I'm going to continue forward. Hopefully she'll call in here. Um, you keep bringing up this, this Thing. For anybody that's new, that has not listened to the show before, has not caught um, John Solomon being on. I believe you were on part of one of the shows. Uh, yes, you on it was on with Corey Rich was on, right? Uh,
3: no, no, no. I actually was on the one. Um, this was during uh, oh, the second round of the playoffs. Um, well, actually, no. It might have actually been the first round of the playoffs. It was. Uh, I, was, I actually was on during one of the Golden State games. Who did Golden State play in the first round? Denver. It was during uh, the first, first game one of uh, the Golden State series. I still remember
1: okay. Golden State versus Denver. That's right. That's right. So anybody that's not caught on with what's going on, I don't know if we talked about it when Corey Rich was on. I think that was still kind of new at that point in time. But John talked about it a little bit. Um, let them know exactly what you're about to do. What this whole China thing is, and and and. and the players that you can talk about, um, who kind of who you're gonna be involved with and what you're gonna do
3: over there. Okay, well um, you know, basically, uh, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of a lot of the folks out there have uh, you know, seen a lot of the different retired players, whether it's Dennis Rodman or Allen Iverson or Jason Williams, um, or even Gary Payton, um, going overseas and, you know, playing in these kind of charity games and celebrity games, um, you know, to basically just continue playing and, you know, to use their names as a as a way to get fans out and, you know, see them one last time or while they still have it, you know, and that's, that's kind of what this one really started out as, you know. It it really kind of grew from, you know, John's vision of trying to get, you know, some of the up-and-coming guys, whether it's Akil Carr, who is, who is one of the uh, nation's uh, top premier point guards coming out of high school this past year, um trying to get him a job, or um, whether it's, Antonio Ballard or Raymond Kennedy or, let's see, who else, Dominique Sutton that's, that's, um, that's actually trying out with the Knicks right now. Um, we're really just trying to push, you know, these younger guys and give them the opportunities to, uh, to play, you know, on a professional level. Um, whether it's not in the NBA, um, you know, if, if they're not able to make, make their NBA dreams a reality, you know, we definitely think that everybody on this tour has the opportunity to get a job in China, or use the film from this tour to get a job in Italy or get a job anywhere. Um and uh you know as far as the legends go, you know from the legend aspect of getting the fans out and getting the fans excited to see some of the older guys that they love to watch, you know, we have uh Trace McGrady who's uh currently in the finals uh on the Fia- uh, what? Seattle <laughs> on the uh San Antonio Spurs. Um we also have uh Jason White Chocolate Williams. He's still got some white chocolate left. He's still got plenty left in the tank that, you know, Huey Brown killed. So, uh <laughs> he he's gonna be out there doing his, you know, rookie of the year Jason Williams stuff that he was that he was doing ten years ago, twelve years ago. Um, also have Bonzi Wells, uh who's actually also played in China, uh was a huge huge fan favorite in China um from his time with the Rockets when he played with Yao Ming. And uh we also have uh, you know, the newly inducted uh Gary Payton going into the basketball hall of fame, the Nathan's Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in uh September. Um, so, you know, we're we're really gonna have a you know a great mix of guys. Um also, you know, don't wanna forget about Kenny Dobbs, the world's greatest dunker. You know, if anybody out there wants to see some amazing dunks, just just YouTube Kenny Dobbs and you'll thank me for it later. Um, but you know the the tour is really gonna be great. Uh we're gonna play in um five different cities. Uh, from Hong Kong to uh, we're going to be making some stops in Beijing to Wuxi to Changsha and some other names that I will butcher if I try. Um, but, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a great time. You know, we're going to be over there for um, almost almost a little over two weeks, a little over two weeks. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a great experience for all the guys that haven't been there and, you know, a great experience for the guys that have. So I'm, I'm truly looking forward to it.
1: Um um is this your your first trip over to that part of
3: the world uh yeah this this is my first time going to china um actually had a few opportunities to go to China before um one time with uh um the n b a basketball without borders uh and then another time um I'm trying to remember what the other time was but i i've I've had two opportunities to go to China and both times you know the timing just wasn't right or I had something going on. Um, the basketball without borders one I had just gotten out of college and um had to do some things for work and wasn't able to uh make it happen. But um, you know, none of them were ever gonna be as long as this and as big as this. And I'm being paid for this. So I'm this is great.
0: <laughs> I can't I
3: can't argue in any way. This is, you know, I'm truly looking forward to it. I've I've been, you know, pretty much everywhere else in the world except Asia. So, you know, I, I definitely was on board. They could have asked me to do this for free and I probably would have done it. So I'm truly looking forward to it.
1: Um, are you nervous at all going, back or going over there since you've never been over there not not really know what to
0: expect?
3: Oh, you said am I nervous? Oh, no, no. You know, my biggest thing about, you know, traveling overseas is, you know, the second you get off the plane or, you know, the second you interact with someone and they give you that look. You know that look when you give someone that speaks to you in Spanish or speaks to you in another language, and you just look at them like, I don't know what the devil you're talking about, sir. Like, that that to me always is just, a, that's an amazing feeling, like, and it, it, it doesn't suck. It sucks if you really need help, but you go over there and you have everything organized, so you don't ever get in that situation where you really need help. But, I mean, I really, I really enjoy that. You know, you go someplace and all the signs are in a different language, and you don't even know what the signs are saying. You know, that, that to me, I really don't look at it as frustrating. I, I I really actually look at it as kind of fascinating that, you know, you kind of get in this mold you know, this mode of, you know, everybody speaks English or, you know, everything's like the you know, the US and you know, we're the only place that really lives like this. Everywhere else they live a completely different way. And they have a completely yeah. different way of life. You know, it, it truly is truly is a good experience. And you know, I think everybody really should travel. As, as much as they it can, it, you know, if they have the opportunity to, because it really does open up your eyes to a lot of different things.
1: It does, Juan. I, I was in uh, the military from 96 to 2000, and oh, okay. I got to go over Hungary. I was in Croatia for two months, and I was in Bosnia for about two to three weeks. The rest of the time, we were hungry. And, and so the, the language thing, I, I, I completely understand that. Um, and, and to see different living styles. Like when I was over, it was right after all that stuff went on in Bosnia, but you would still have people living in houses that were kind of missing part of the walls, or you could yeah. see right through and the, and the blown holes and everything else. So, and, and you could see them in their house, even though they're, half, they're part of their apartment, or whatever, I think it were apartment, I was looking at that one time. Um, even though it was missing, you could see right through it, you could still see them hanging laundry up, and, and like it was, like the wall was there and you couldn't even see them. So I, I've definitely seen some of the highs of the highs and I've definitely seen some of the lows of the lows in, in, in the world. I've not seen the lowest, but I, I can imagine what it's like with them. And, and so I can imagine going over into Asia and China and all, that whole area and, and not be able to, one, with just the, uh, the breakdown, the, the language barrier, but also a whole different lifestyle and a whole different custom you got to get used to. it's um, kind of nervous, you kind of get nervous at first because you want to make sure you don't offend nobody and and you don't look like a total idiot. Anytime it's really cool because you get to learn stuff and you get to see why it's a whole different outlook.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, and and to, to your point of, you know, people living in those kind of homes, people live in those kind of homes in America, man. Like, I mean,
0: when we lived in
3: Detroit, you know, parts of Detroit, people lived in houses that the roofs were gone. Like, there's no roof. And they still live there i mean it's 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 a it's truly is a testament you know to the human spirit that people can can continue on and you know and just continue to fight you know regardless of their circumstances you know um when I actually did do a basketball out event in uh south africa um oh man six years ago and um actually went to where Nelson Mandela is from um in uh cooktown in uh, soweto and just you know the joy that those people live with, with nothing, it's it's tremendous. Like it will, it will it will alter your complete perspective on life. You know that these people have nothing and they're happier than than people that are driving around in Bentleys. Like it's crazy. It makes no sense. You know, but uh, we we've completely gotten off the rails of sports. <laughs>
1: I, I would say we we got totally off, I, I I mean, just a little bit, but I mean, you know, some people just go into it and don't have, you know, don't have no, you know, I, I was young as 18 years old when I, when I was in the military and went over there, and it, it just, I shake my head, and I know I was the same way growing up, of, you know. We're the only one that don't have the Super Nintendo. And, and your Mother's telling me, you should be happy you have just a regular Nintendo. You should be, you know, rather cutting grass to put food on the table and, you know, griping a moment about that. And she's telling us, well, you should be happy that you're able to do something to put food on the table. And, and you don't realize how well you got it, even though how, how bad you might think it is, until you go to other places and, and, and see other circumstances or even other cities, you know. Um, Detroit being one of those cities, so uh, you, you definitely—it's kind of a wake-up call. So, I mean, I, and obviously, China is not—you know—financially in any—you know—every like day things like they own more and more of America, so they're not financially—they're—they're they're all right, but it's still different—a um, different kind of uh, way of life. And you know, you—you you, you, when you get over there, you'll see different things that you know we take. that for granted, that you know, I I don't know, you know, all the differences, but you know, I, I know there's gonna be some differences that you're know, like, Man, you know, back in the States, we could be doing this or we'd be doing that. They don't have it there, yeah. and, you know, we'll kind of miss it, but you know, it'll only be two and a half weeks and you'd be able to, you know, basically enjoy and concentrate on what you're doing. You're not really gonna miss it, but you're gonna see differences, and it's always interesting to see, you know, because like I said, when I was 18, I was saying the saying how deprived I was. You know, it's funny because when I was growing up, buying clothes from like Kmart, and Walmart, that was like a, a no-no. Like you, you weren't you know that's where we bought our clothes. That's all we could afford. But back then, they didn't have more of the, the fashion clothes that are coming out now. Walmart, Kmart carry actual name brand stuff. So back then, it was like no, no, hey, and you just thought yeah, that you just had this no. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You thought you just had this horrible life, and, and then you actually go out and see the world, and you realize that you know it's not as bad as you really thought it was. Seriously, yeah. That's
2: true. Yeah, Yeah, now, Mr. Williams, actually, um, I want to get back right into the uh, sports uh, topics. I (laughs) got (laughs)
0: a (laughs)
2: couple more questions I want to pose to. I know you're a busy man, but um, I want to talk about the Denver Nuggets, the Los Angeles Clippers, and Memphis Grizzlies all parting away. Oh, I don't even
3: want to talk about that. That is so (laughs) upsetting.
0: I know, exactly.
2: I was, especially with George Carl. I mean, the guy won the Coach of the Year. Uh, the general manager was doing all things right,
3: and um,
2: all of a sudden they part ways with him. Uh, to me, it doesn't make sense. I want to get your opinion on that.
3: Well, okay, all right. Um, as far as as far as aside from uh, you know, as far as the, the GM perspective, I mean, he went back to the Raptors, you know, because that's where he started. He started at the Raptors um, when my brother played there. Um, he was he was a part of the organization at that point. And, um, you know, when they when they decided to do that, I mean, like, I, I don't believe he was actually – I don't believe he did the Carmelo trade. But, I mean, he had done a great job since then. I mean, he acquired then Andre Godala, you know, yeah. for a bag of beans. They gave up a bag of beans for Andre Godala. You know, they didn't have to do anything serious to make that happen. And, I mean, he did a great job, personally, from my perspective. Um, but as far as the coaches go, I mean, all three of those coaches, all three of those coaches, I thought of George Carl, um, coached their team to, you know, the best record that they've ever had, you know, they've yep. never had records higher than what they, they attained this year. And, um, you know, with George, George, you know, he won coach of the year. I mean, I, I guess George, even though that hurt and I, I feel like he's an amazing coach and, you know, a great teacher he had been there for for a good amount of time, so you know at that point, if they felt as if he wasn't going to get them to the next level, that's one thing. But as far as Lionel Hollins, that you know he's he's been there, well he he's been there, what three years now, and they have made the playoffs all three years. That's the first time yeah. in
1: Grizzlies history. That's
0: never, yeah. that's never happened. that
3: that's never happened. And I mean, and honestly, they, I mean, last year they they took. I forget who they played last year, but they took that team to the brink. Like, they went to game six, game seven last year, and were right there. Um, you know, that he, he, he's done a tremendous job, tremendous job, with with no talent. They gave up their star player and kept on chugging. You know, like, they, they have a good team, but truthfully, no marquee talent. Nobody that's really like, oh, my gosh, that person. Like, even Marcus Gasol being the defensive player of the year. Do we all truly believe Marc Gasol is the best defensive player in the NBA? No, I mean, come on. Yeah. But um, I mean, as far as Vinny, Vinny, Vinny hurts probably the most because I personally know his dad. <laughs> uh, his, I, I know, um, I know his dad because uh, when I worked at the Hall of Fame, Vinny's from Springfield, Massachusetts, and um, his dad, his dad actually still works at the Basketball Hall of Fame. That's kind of just his little retirement gig. He, you know, he works a couple days a week and just loves, you know, dealing with the kids and teaching them about basketball. And um, you know, Vinny is the pride of Springfield. And, you know, that guy he coached he coached his team to the best record they've ever had, the best record the Clippers have ever had. So you're gonna tell me that that coach was the problem and he needs to get fired. I just yeah. I just don't get it. I, I personally don't get it. And and for them to say that we fired him because of George Carl or whoever is lunacy because most of those deals were made before George Carl was even out. So it just, I, I, I personally don't get it. I mean, now we want to talk about, you know, Blake being upset or Chris Paul being upset. I mean, talk to Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan about being tougher because they got punked for six games, like six, six straight games. Marcus Gasol and Zach Randolph were having their way with them. That, that's not coaching. That comes down to players.
0: Yeah. So you know,
3: I mean, honestly. For, I mean, Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin's probably got one more year, and you can start to say, not necessarily, I wouldn't call him a bust by any means, by any means, but, you know, you can definitely start to look at him a little differently. I mean, he was the number one pick, and he's the number one pick with, still to this day, no post moves, and no secondary moves, or no true true way to, you know, create his own shot. If he's not getting an oop, or, you know, bullying somebody and going to basket dunking on somebody, it's His game is very limited, and, you know, it's, it's, he's been in the league four years now. Uh, Granted, one of those years was hurt. He still has had three off seasons to get better. I yeah. truthfully don't know what to say. Yeah, you
2: know, and you know, in regards to Denver Nuggets, um, I really – I guess George Carley wasn't abiding by what the organization wanted to do. Apparently, I was reading some things that they wanted to start Javal McGee over – Close to Kuzma to kind of mature him and um, improve him as a player, but obviously George Carl under the George Carl system, um, close to Kuzma fit in better. You know, Javal McGee. Yeah. Not taking anything away from him, but he doesn't have the highest basketball IQ. I mean, he knows. Oh
3: my goodness, goodness, goodness. he score. was he was all over Shaq in a fool.
2: All over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he it's yeah. like nine spots. <laughs> yeah, you
2: know, I mean, Javal McGee. He's he's a good player, but he just needs to improve on some things to be. I would say, a starter. I think George Carl used him perfectly in that system. Um, In regards to other things, bringing in Andre Iguodala, I thought was the smartest move Denver's done in years. Um, Iguodala, not only can he score, but he's probably a top-five defensive player in the league. I think that's what really propelled the Nuggets to have one of their better seasons. Um, You know, in regards to the Clippers, though, Vinny Del Negro, um, a great season for L.A., but I think the reason they parted ways is because he has not shown to be a good playoff head coach. Um, things just don't seem to pan out and um with that team I would say that team looked like they were the best team in the whole league. I mean that team the teammate chemistry was there. Uh everything everything was going well for Los Angeles until playoff time. I think um yeah. I'm gonna say I think it was the right move to part with Don Um, you know, Chris oh, wow. Paul is yeah, I, I have to say because the reason is if I'm the L A Clippers and I'm and Chris Paul says something, I'm gonna listen to him. 'Cause I, I know true, first, true. Uh, his, No that's true. That's um, true. I'm a with Benny Del Negro and um there were some rumors that he wasn't really on board with Del Negro as coach. So as soon as yeah. I hear that from the general manager, I'm getting rid of Del Negro. I'm trying to do yeah. whatever makes fall happy just to keep him in Los Angeles.
3: That man, that's that's so tough. That's that's just so tough. Oh. I I, oh, wow. I don't know, I hundred I hundred percent agree with you. I just I mean at this point I just feel like the players have almost too much say, and it's really, it's really yeah. changing the the overall you know look and feel of the games, you know. Because if, if if me as a player, if I can if I can just go say Fire Phil Jackson, and you actually listen to me or think about it, that just right. like that's that's too much power. That's that's almost too much. Yeah,
0: you know, I, well, love, now, I love I love
3: Chris Paul. He's a great yeah. dude, man. He's a great guy. Just yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, like. I mean, just look, the proof was in the pudding. They, you know, they had they had an amazing season. Just to let them go like that, I just, I I, I thought that was a little, that was in poor taste in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Now, Mr.
1: Williams, uh, uh, my, my Facebook DM was blown up through the whole show because this was through sickness, through family sickness, through everything going on, she was down to tell she was going to get here. And I've heard about you coming on all week and everything else. And so Miss Jules made her way into the studio. So I'm gonna give her this opportunity to get some words in because um, this this was the night. That she, out of all the nights, she wanted to make sure she was here and be part of and do and this. Her being sick all week, uh, There was a couple shows she had to excuse herself because she was getting sick, and now the kids are caught in it and everything else. Uh, everything got in the way, but Miss Jules is finally here. How you doing, Miss Jules? And go ahead. Oh
4: I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. <laughs> Wish I could have got here
1: could have used a this
3: Um, no, th
4: this, this it, when all else fails this makes me feel better.
3: Oh, that's great. That's good. I'm glad to hear that.
4: Yeah, and uh and, and thanks so much, CJ, Brandon, for uh for holding up on this because uh Oh no.
0: Problem.
4: We we've had Josh and uh and <clears throat> John Solomon and Corey Rich, and they're all associated. And I'm sure you guys talked about it while I while I was maybe gone. But um, uh, J- Josh, this China thing, you and I have talked about it, and we talked uh, <clears throat> earlier today, just about how when you were first on the show a couple months ago, you actually um, it, it seemed. Like you knew it was happening. It's gonna happen, but sponsors got to be in place. Plane tickets. Uh, you got to get the roster, and um, you know from what I understand. And remember, um, there wasn't a full roster. There were still some people that uh, that needed to be signed, and some things that still needed yep. to click. And now here you are. Um, what did we say? A week, week and a half. Before you go the eighteenth, is that
3: when you're headed we out? Are, yes, ma'am. We are exactly one week out. We leave next Tuesday and uh you know, as as you said, last time I was on the show, you know, we probably had I'd say a solid eight guys confirmed. You know, we didn't have the full twelve uh all the way lined up. Like we had you know, we pretty much had everybody in line but um you know, mm-hmm. as of today, you know, everybody is, is confirmed, flights are booked, sponsors are in place, hotels Days are presently being booked, <laughs> and uh, you know we're we're definitely uh, you know just super excited. I mean, everyone everyone that's I've been you know talking with and speaking to you on a daily basis is you know couldn't be couldn't be happier right now. So definitely just looking forward to the opportunity to getting over there and and showing what we can do.
4: And, and, you know, and that's what it's all about. I mean, this isn't your first tour to China. This isn't your first trip. But it takes so much orchestrating by so many parts. So many pieces have to fall into place to make this happen. Like you said, um, the sponsorships and just making sure that everything, when you travel over there, is all taken care of and, and that all the ducks are in a row. But what's it feel like now?
3: You don't honestly...
4: You um, you were planning on going a bit earlier But now that's on hold For a certain uh, particular reason (laughs) Um, But it's a good reason But uh, You know what does it feel like When you know that you put all this work and effort into it And it finally all meshed And you know this time next week You're going to be You're going to be heading out And uh, go making some waves Over there in uh, China
3: uh, I, honestly, for me, you know, until until I sit on, you know, in my seat, whatever it is, it's 18C or whatever it is, that's when I'll exhale. Right now I'm still, you know, on pins and needles just because the last, you know, last little bit of logistical stuff still has to be buttoned up and, you know, some of the guys ended up having to change flights and flight paths a little bit, um, you know, dealing with the, the visa process, you know, getting everybody their visas and then, oh, shoot, some guys, their passports, don't have any more pages so now we got to order new pages and just you know a lot of, a lot of last second things just you know fi- you know trying to come together here um but you know when i get on the plane and i get the confirmation calls from the other guys in the other parts of the country that are flying in you know to let me know if they're on their plane i can exhale
0: uh, know, when just, that
3: happens at what be point fine. are <laughs> you going to be able to breathe
4: and <laughs> uh, be well, like all right I, this
3: is think, i think i Personally, for me, I'll be able to breathe when I get to China. Like, I'm in the city, and I have all the entire party with me, like everybody. We have probably a traveling party of about uh, 21. That was
4: so, my next um, – so there's, there's yeah. a group of about, you know, just under 25 of you that are going to be traveling around and doing this. And um, once you get there's this uh, immediate itinerary – um, Does it begin just right away? Um, because I know that initially, um, had the Spurs um, not advanced to the finals, which congratulations by the way, but had they not, you guys were actually supposed to go earlier this month. Um, oh yes,
3: yes, ma'am. We were we were actually supposed to go um, from the uh, the seventh through the seventeenth originally,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: um, you know, God bless them, the Spurs. They just kept chugging along. So as as the uh, as the playoffs continued, we just Kept having to push it back, and um, you know we finally got to the point where we really, truly couldn't push it back much further. And um, when they when they ended up making it to the finals, you know, from from the moment they got to the finals, I was just like, just the over in five. I can deal with you being over in six. Sweep
4: them right.
3: I'm, I'm praying. I'm oh my gosh. I didn't care who won. Like people were like, who do you want to win? I'm Like I don't care. Just the over in five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't go sick. No, no uh, I mean, so I don't
4: blame you though. There's been a lot of work oh. that goes to this and you know, how long has it as a whole for this particular trip this this particular trip to China?
0: How oh, long oh, did um you take to it's, pull it's this all together?
3: It, it it's been since uh since end of since I say mid March. Mid March. And I I mean, you know, every day. Every day probably dedicated at least mm-hmm. five or six hours a day to it every day. You but know, you guys weekday. have got a
4: hell of a group that really, really just, you know, just balls to the walls is what you guys did every single day, every day, you know, to make this happen. Because uh, this isn't like you're going on a cross trip, uh, across Route 66 from one end of the country to the other. You're going to China. You've been there before, so at least you've been there, done it. But um, I'm sure there's guys that maybe haven't, haven't haven't and and still it's got to be different each time to some degree.
3: Well, I, I personally haven't done it. John has done it. I, this is my first. This is my first. Uh, this is my first. Radio. Oh, okay. Never... So
4: on that, yep. and
3: yes, ma'am. this, first trip too, as well. Yes, yes. This this is my. So first you and Corey
4: first... are the ones. Okay, gotcha.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, John John has been, um, I believe, either at least two times. I think this is his third time over there. And um, you know, for me personally. Yeah, I think you know, that I'm sounds
4: a... right to me. Okay.
3: Yeah.
4: I thought um, that you'd I'm... been there once, so my mistake. Um, no, no, no problem. Now, I know that right now that, that you and I talked about some links that you might be posting once you guys get over there, some things where we can uh, be checking you out and checking on some updates and what's going on. We're getting, uh, approaching, the you know, towards the end of the show here, and uh, gosh, I wish I could have got on here sooner. So we've talked about this. Um, we want to hear from you when you get uh, to China. You know, you and I, we're all going to keep in touch here with 110 and you, and uh and uh post links and anything that you have uh that you want us to to put on air um of any activity schedules scores, anything that's going on with the players the team um you know just just keep us informed and keep us in the loop because uh that's this is just such an exciting thing that you guys put together, and the three of you that we've had on uh Corey Rich yourself and John Solomon, just class act people and i I couldn't be any happier. That you guys worked your ass off um, and and did it the right way, and um, you deserve every bit of this. And I wish you the best of luck. And I expect you to keep in touch with me. And sure, uh, sure. I, I want to know how it's going over there. Um, when's the first game? When when do you guys actually play the first game once you get there?
3: The uh, the first game is going to be uh, June 22nd. So we'll, okay. we'll get we'll get our first game. Um, that one's going to be in uh, Chindu. And that's in the uh, Sichuan region that was just uh, affected by the most recent er- uh, earthquake. And um, some uh, of the proceeds yes. from that game are actually going to uh, go towards um, supporting some of the people in that region. So that's 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 going to be great.
4: Excellent, excellent. I, I'm I'm so proud of you guys, and I just think this is so excellent. Now you um, said that USA Today and some other publications were. Um, uh, possibly going to be putting out some press on this for you. Um, you know, let us know. We, we'd love to stay in the loop on it, and we definitely want to do our part here at 110 and uh, do what we've uh, always done. You know, CJ did everything he could and and uh, got Corey Rich up and got a video up, and and we've always welcomed all of you back. And uh, you guys are great. And I I do wish you the best of luck. I wish I had more time, but you know what? I'll catch, you. I'll catch you when you're in China. How's that?
3: All right. Sounds great. That sounds great. Got a date? Don't worry
4: about the international uh, phone. Let, let John take care of that. You can just hop on the Internet and talk
0: for free. <laughs> that sounds good. Sounds good.
4: Well, I'm yeah, proud of you guys, and best of luck. I think CJ has something that he uh, has to close out or do or say here.
1: Yeah, I got two things before I jump off here.
4: Um, one Brandon's got one more big thing he wanted to say, and
1: then of course we got the CJ shuffle to finish off the show. Okay. righty. Right, before
2: you head off, Mr. Williams, um, I can I just followed you on Twitter. I could see uh, you're an avid aquil Car fan. I've always been an Aqeel Car fan. So just let me know how that goes. Uh, I want to Oh, see oh it. for
3: sure, for sure, definitely. Um, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing what Aquil, you know, can do. Uh, he he actually just was in Italy and. Had some struggles, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be there pumping him up. You know, he, he went to Italy and didn't have anybody in his corner, so I'm definitely gonna be in China telling to kill people. So, you know, well, not <laughs> not literally. Let me go ahead and kill that off right now before that even goes anywhere. But uh, <laughs> on the court.
0: <laughs> so but, and, and congratulations
4: to too on your accreditation uh, for your MBA uh, agent. Uh, that, that's huge. Congratulations on that as well.
3: Thank you so much again for that Jules. That 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 truly means a lot. I know it
4: does, and I know you worked hard for it. So congratulations. We're all behind you. We're all gonna be anxiously awaiting to have you back on again and uh best of luck, safe travels, and tell everyone we said hello and, and uh we'll all be in touch.
3: Alright, sounds great guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Always a pleasure. Had a great time talking to you guys and uh you all have a great night.
4: Anytime, right, anytime at all. Take care. We'll all talk right. soon.
3: All right, bye-bye.
4: Okay, bye-bye.
1: I want to thank Joshua Williams for hanging out with us as long as he did. Um, I didn't think we were going to get him on that long. He hung out for a long time. I definitely wanted to thank him. I want to thank Brandon for hanging out for the whole show. Um, it's thanks, great. Brandon. I love, doing, uh, love doing Friday for the show with him. Uh, Miss Jules, thanks for joining us. Uh, Miss Karen, thanks as always. Um, tweeting out, Facebooking, um, you follow her at hollypass 42 um, Scott, Ford, Joey, Eric, John, Natasha, Jennifer, um, thanks for hanging out like you do every night. I'm assuming that is your father. Um I don't know, maybe your brother, but Carlos, um, thank you for hanging out as well. Um I- I'm assuming is that your father, Brandon?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's my father. Gotcha. Um, that's
1: that's what I figured. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody that tuned in to us from the PTR side, everybody that tuned in to us from this freecast side. I um, want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Like I said at the beginning of the show, sites are setting record numbers. I want to make sure that I thank, once again, uh, Jay Spearman for, for taking the com to all-time high, um, Christina Chambers for taking uh, It's Fucking Hockey to all-time high, Let's talk NFL as we come back in the NFL season and start to catch momentum. I will be doing pieces every day as I will be doing a preview of all the teams. I will be doing some stuff with uh, draft picks. Um, Scott, uh, I can't remember his last name, has already done like three previews of different conferences. Uh, Um, I'm not sure exactly how you say it. Something like that. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, he's actually be helping me with some other projects on the Let's, uh, Let's Talk NFL. Remember, if anybody's out there and is an NLP head, hit me up. We actually look open. like we might
4: have five new potential writers that might be coming on very soon in addition, too. Yeah.
1: Looking good. we, we definitely got a lot, of, a lot of great things going on. Um, I'm a firm believer that the sites are just as important as the show. It all comes together, and if you're weak week in one section, it will be weak week all around. So we're definitely uh, taking in writers and, and taking in more hosts um to expand into other shows. So if you're interested in any which way, hit me up at mister at Gmail dot com. As I do every show we finish, thanks to Ms. Karen. We got the CJ shuffle. <laughs>
3: uh
2: I miss out on Friday nights for now on, Jason. I'll be doing the branding shuffle.